Won't he fix it? Let me see your hand if you know he'll fix it. Did he fix anything for you? Amen. He'll fix it. And they say, after a while. Amen. After a while. Tell your neighbor, he'll fix it after a while. Yeah, he'll fix it after a while. We need to encourage ourselves. Amen. That God will and said he will fix it. Amen. He's working on our case even at this hour. Amen. Amen. And we thank God for his grace and his mercy. We thank God for his keeping power. Hold the hand of the person next to you real quick. Eternal God, our Father, we do love you. We offer ourselves to you. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you anoint us afresh. Forgive us for all of our sins and all of our transgressions against your will and your way. Hide us behind the cross that they may see Jesus and him only. Pray, God, that you manifest yourself to us and through us and that people will be saved, people will be healed, people will be delivered, and lives will be changed and transformed. So we offer ourselves to you, and we pray, God, that you would speak to us individually and collectively, and it's all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And every heart say amen and amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, everybody sing hallelujah. 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 Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 32. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. 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 One more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you thank him for another day? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what he's already done and what he's about to do. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 32 to 35. There's a misprint there. But it says clearly, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they all had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. 
nor were there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as everyone had need. May the Lord bless the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. Look at your neighbor and say, sharing is caring. Look at your other neighbor and say, sharing is caring. I remember that phrase when I was growing up. My, my children were younger then, amen, and somewhere through the school years, I don't know if it was elementary school, preschool, uh, middle school, I'm not sure where it was, but I heard that phrase, sharing is caring. And when I looked at this particular passage of scripture, it came to my mind, and, and that demonstrates when we share, that shows and demonstrates that we truly care about individuals. How many of you thank God for a cheerful heart and a joyful heart, and when you receive something, and sometimes you don't ask for things, and persons will walk up on you, and they will give you a gift and grant you a blessing. Amen. And all we can say is thank you, Jesus. And we studied even on last, last time we met that it's better to give than to receive. We heard that from the Lord, and we, and we find that a season, we're in a season of giving or a season of sharing. Right now, until the end of March, we want to find the families that are in need and make sure that everyone has their needs met. Somebody say amen. What we're trying to make sure is we don't have to wait till Christmas comes before we bless a family and bless a life. Somebody say amen. Children need diapers now. They need clothes to put on. They need supplies. Amen. Some need food. Whatever it is, we as the children of God should, should try and provide those needs. We should not depend on the government systems anymore. They are failing us on the left and on the right. Programs are being cut on the left and on the right. So we as children of God, we didn't always have these uh, certain benefits that were coming our way. We took care of one another. It was a village. When one had a, a deer that they had uh, shot in a hunting expedition, everybody in the village was able to get a piece of meat. Somebody say amen. Now when we get something, everybody wants to be tight. You get your own. I got mine. Get yours. How many of you know that God wants us to care for one another? He wants us to love on one another. He wants us to be there for one another. The only reason we're here is not because we had it going on. It's because we had God on our side. And he sent somebody along to bless us right in right at the nick of time. Amen. How many of you know he may not come when you call him, but he's always on time. He's always on time. And we need to realize and get back to the fact that when we share, we show that we care. It's one thing to talk about how you love Jesus, how you love God, and you see your your friend, your family, your, your a co-worker or a person there on the street with a need and you can easily provide it and not miss anything and pass him or her up. That's a shame before God. Somebody say amen. We want to make sure as children of God that we give as God has given to us. How many of you are blessed and you know it? 
How many of you know you're blessed? Amen. All the stuff that you possess is not because you've been good, but because God has been good to you. You said, I use my own strength. I use my own strength, and I worked hard to get that job. But if God didn't bless your mind, come on, somebody. If God didn't bless your spirit, if God didn't touch your body, if he didn't heal your disease, you wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't be able to go. You wouldn't be able to think. You wouldn't be able to uh, be logical in your thinking. So that for everything that we have belongs to God. Look at your neighbor and say, everything that you have belongs to God. And if you say you love God, if you say you love God, you need to demonstrate it. How many of us can say that we love God? We're going to do a test here real quick. We want to see if we really love God. How many, if you really love God, you can love him by demonstrating how far you are able to go beyond the call of duty. When you know that the assignment is already over, you still hang around. Somebody say amen. And you still love on the family. How how much are you able to willing to sacrifice for those who are in need? It's a sad thing when we have persons that are even in our midst that have a need or, or, or desire and we we know that we can fulfill it, but we have to make a sacrifice with our time, our talent, and our treasure in order to meet that need. How long are we willing to stay after we're free to leave? I don't know about you, but I go to the hospital on occasion, and I don't just stay there until till my assignment seems like it's done. I remember I went into the hospital to see persons I didn't necessarily know. I didn't know them that well, but that didn't matter because my friends were there, and that's my friend's friend. And so I was there with them. They said, Pastor, you can go now. And I said, no, because as soon as I leave, you're going to call me and say that he or she passed away, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay right here. How many of you know that we have to stay? Stay there sometime. Sacrifice for a friend and family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you know you could leave? You could go home. You can go and just say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. But how many of us are going to stay there a little bit of overtime and make sure that our brother or sister is okay? Do you love God? Do you love God? Then you want to make sure that you feed his sheep. If you love him, you want to make sure that you feed his lambs. If you love him, you want to make sure you provide whatever need might come forth. First thing we need to realize, ladies and gentlemen, in this particular text, we find that after the spirit of God descended on the people of God, then they began, they began to minister on one accord. We have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard for us to get along, amen, with ourselves, let alone get along with somebody else. We're not unified in our own mind. How is it that we can get along with somebody else? Some of us are spiritually schizophrenic, spiritually bipolar. You don't know what, what they're going to come up with, how they're going to act, how they're going to be. We got to be unified. And if it, if it wasn't when you hear about the man who was, who was found after Jesus had, had removed the legion of demons from him, he was sitting there, and the Bible says he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. That means he put clothes on, and then his mind was right. How many of you had to ask God to help your mind because you was about to lose it? Come on, somebody. I'm about to go 5150 on somebody. I need God to help me keep my mind. I'm about to tell him. I'm about to slap him. I'm about to do something, and I need you to help me. Listen, we can be on a committee. We can be on a ministry, but unless we have the Spirit of God, 
that the sins upon us puts us in like mind. Everybody be talking about left or the right, but when the Spirit of God comes, he unifies us in one mind and one spirit, and that's the history of the church. It happened in two occasions in chapter 2, around verse 42, and following you will also find the same thing had transpired when the Spirit of God descended. Then the people were all on one accord. Then they said, it's not my house, that's our house. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to sell it so that we can all have something to eat. How many of you know that even if you sell your house, God is going to provide for you a way? How many of you know, and I'm not asking you to sell your house. That's not necessary right now because a lot of us got enough in our ashtrays. We can be a blessing to somebody. Somebody say amen. You can reach in your pocket into that secret place. Come on, somebody. You know you got some money hidden in that little pocket over there on the side. Amen. That nobody know about. Or you be like my dear. You got it in the secret place of the most high. I'm trying to help you all out here. You act like you're broke, but but God knows. Somebody say amen. Amen. God knows we got to be unified in one mind. And there are four elements that we need to have in order to be unified as a people. Write these down. There are four essential elements to unity. Cooperation is the first one. If you're writing, write that down. Cooperation is the act of working together for a common purpose or benefit. If we are trying to help families, if we're trying to help each other and be a blessing as God had, we got to be ready to cooperate. Somebody say amen. How many of you know some persons even in your family don't want to cooperate with nobody? Amen. They just don't want to get along with nobody. Amen. You don't even invite them no more because you know they ain't going to cooperate. Amen. But we want to be in ministry. We want to be of one mind. And the first thing you have to have if you're going to be unified is cooperation. Then there's cohesion. Cohesion C-O-H-E-S-I-O-N, cohesion, H-E-S-I-O-N, right, C-O. All right, you all know how to spell. All right, cohesion, the ability to stick together. How many of you have ever used crazy glue? How many of you have accidentally put it on this finger and that one and let them come together and you needed Jesus to get them apart? <laughs> That's why they call it crazy, because that stuff, that stuff ain't planned. Come on, you got to get some fingernail polish remover or something put on there, or you're going to be, and don't mess around and put it on your eye. You're going to be asleep all day. You go, <laughs> Amen. You have to go get some. Yeah, don't play with that stuff. That's crazy glue. And how many of you know about something else that'll keep us together? It's called duct tape. <laughs> yeah, it used to go on the ducks. It used to go in the air conditioning. It used to be on the other. Now we got it on license plates. Now we got it on windshields. Come on, somebody. Now we got it holding that, that passenger light on. Some of us are, y'all, y'all trying to act like y'all know what I'm talking about. That duct tape is a miracle. It holds us together. Amen. But how can we do ministry if we ain't together? You with me today and then you're not with me tomorrow. How is it we can't stick? We can't just finish this project. But we have to have cooperation. Then we have to have cohesion. Everybody say cohesion. Then we need communication. Communication is necessary. It's the interchanging of thoughts and opinions or information. All right? Communication is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. 
Because if I tell you something, Anthony, I need you to be able to tell me what I told you or respond in a certain kind of way so we can make sure we're on the same page. Did you hear what I said? That's what you said, but that ain't what I meant. We need to make sure we have an understanding. Somebody say amen. How can you do ministry if there ain't no communication? The number one and the number two reasons for divorce and, and strained relationships is finances. Because folk owe you $5 and won't give you your money. I mean, finances and communication. How can you two walk together unless they agree? How can we walk together and do ministry together if we don't even talk to each other? I was in a house, and I won't tell you what house. I was in the house the other day. I was in the house, and I was in the house, and I was watching TV, and I was the only one watching TV because when I looked around, somebody was on a computer. I looked over, somebody was on a phone. I looked over, somebody was on the phone, and looked over, somebody, Jay, we don't talk to each other no more. We sit there. We don't even watch TV together. We watch these telephones. What you going to do when you don't pay your bill? What you going to do when the Internet's broke down? What you going to do? You ain't gonna know nobody's name. And matter of fact, I made it clarify. I don't know nobody's number. I know my mama's number. That's the only one I need. Push come to shove, you call mama. I don't care how old you are. Mama gonna always give you a plate, your feet under the table. Somebody say amen. Give you a piece of cake. <laughs> Show you some love. It's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be all right. <laughs> I'm back. Everybody say communication. We have to be unified in one heart and mind. We need cooperation, cohesion, communication, and coordination. What does that mean? You have to have order. Yeah, you, you can't... You, you cannot do ministry out there in the streets and don't know what neighborhood you're working with. I don't know where we're going. We're just going to go. We're going to be led by the Spirit. Uh, no. We are going to be led by the Spirit, but you need to know where we're going. The Spirit going to tell you in advance. Come on, everything ain't impromptu. Sometimes, how many of you go on a trip and say, we're just going to wing it? No. We're not winging nothing. We're going to make, make sure that we make some plans. We know when to plane. We need a ride when we get there. If you get an Uber or Lyft, you're going to make sure you got your ride when you get there. I don't know about you, but I ain't planning on walking nowhere. Hallelujah. I go all the way to San Diego and, and walking? No. I ain't going to ask them for a Lyft either. I'm going to have a car and an Uber and a walk. Come on, somebody. I'm going to make sure I'm getting where I got to go. I ain't going to be sitting around here. Somebody say, man, you got to make sure what I'm talking about, coordination. <laughs> you got to have it decent and in order. The house should be in order, too. I had to put myself back on the schedule because I was going to sleep and I can sleep in if I want to, but I really don't want to anymore. I need to get back on the schedule. How many of you know your children need to be on the schedule? You can't, you wonder why Johnny's acting up. No, Johnny, you put him on a schedule and watch what happened. He'll go to sleep by himself. You ain't got to beg him. You ain't got to plead. He'd be like, mama, leave me alone. I'm trying to get this now. 
Amen. We got to get back on the schedule. We have to do things decent and in order. And in ministry and in life, we have to do things uh, in order. So there has to be coordination, communication, cohesion, cooperation. And we're united in one mind. How many of you are united, want to be united in one mind, in one spirit? Even in your home, even in your ministry. I remember uh, about 30 years ago, I was over at New Hope singing in the choir. And we were there on, I believe it was a Tuesday night. We all assembled ourselves as we had done for weeks preparing for Sunday morning. And then uh, as we were there, someone was doing a little devotional and somebody began to testify. And it's like a curtain had dropped down. The Spirit of God dropped in that meeting. It was something that we were all on one accord. People start testifying. People start confessing. People start hugging on one another. I'm talking about in a choir rehearsal. I'm talking about, we. I don't even think we rehearsed after that. We just went on and enjoyed each other's presence. How many of you know that it's good to come to church and you can just be loved on and the Spirit of God is there that even when church is over, it spills out into the street. We're still there talking and we're still there fellowshipping. Listen, if we're going to be unified, we have to have the spirit of God uh, in each of our lives unified in heart and mind next you find that we're unselfish with our resources how many of you know people that are stingy yeah the bible says in verse verse 32 don't look look this way just in case they next to you It said, neither did anyone say that anything they had possessed was their own, but they had all things in common. A selfish person is self-centered, self-indulgent, self-seeking, and as I've said, they're stingy. But I'm going to give you another word. Those are not on your sheet right there, but then you need to understand this one and then look it up when you get home. Altruistic. Altruistic. You say, well, what does that mean? I want you to look it up. Just You don't even have to be able to spell it. You hit that button. There's a microphone on your phone that you're looking at all the time. Somebody say amen. Say altruistic and watch it come up. Say it properly. <laughs> Well, what does that mean? A person that, uh, who is altruistic is unselfishly concerned or devoted to the welfare of other person. You are unselfishly aware and devoted to devotion for to the welfare of a person that's in need. Philanthropists are those who provide they provide grants. They provide scholarships, things of that sort. They make sure, even in the zoo, they make great donations in order to keep things going. And we as children of God want to make sure that we have a philanthropic attitude and personality that we're ready to do. And you say, well, I don't have as much as they have. Whatever you have, little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. But write this down. If you want to know what a benevolent person is, a benevolent person is one who desires to help others. You got to have a desire, ladies and gentlemen. You got to want to help others. I was walking in the Rayleigh's on yesterday. I was there picking up some groceries. How many of you have gone in there and you didn't get a basket, but you probably should have? I'm not going to get nothing. I don't need no basket. I don't need no bag. I don't need nothing. 
I'm just coming to get this one thing. And how, how many of you walked out and you get this thing and then you get another thing? Then after a while, you're walking through the store and wish you had a basket or a little cart in order to carry stuff. So I'm going through the store and I got my basket because I knew I was going to pick up more than one thing. I had something in this hand and a basket in this other hand. But I came through and there was two college students and I knew they were college students because they were shopping for themselves. They went in there and they was getting some things. They had some water in one hand. They had a bag of this and that. And you know how you walk around and, oh, we need this too. So they was both walking through like that. I was, I was about to laugh, but I said, I better do better because I have to go to church on Sunday and preach about sharing and caring and so therefore I need to put my little basket down go over there and get them a basket and take it over there to them I didn't talk to them I didn't ask no questions I didn't ask them because I know how it is ladies and gentlemen when you know what it is to suffer and know what it is to go through it's no problem for you to help somebody else if you always had it going on and if you got it going on real good now you 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 don't forget where you came from I know what it is to go through. I know what it is to suffer. And I thank God that he uses those circumstances for you and I so that we can have compassion on somebody else that's going through. You have to have a desire to help somebody. How many of you care? Do you care about those who are less fortunate? They are about those who are going through. Then a charitable uh, attitude is one you have to have the ability Charitable means you have to have the ability to be generous and donate your gifts to relieve those who are going through. There are some other words that we could use. We could say that you are liberal. We could say that you're magnanimous. We could say that you're noble. We won't worry about all those words, but the main one we need to focus in on is love. Everybody say, what love got to do with it? Yeah, love has everything to do with it because if you don't love them, you ain't doing nothing for them. If you don't care, and God's the agape love is a love that's unselfish. It's not worried about uh, what, you, what you're going to think about me or how you're going to react or not react. Unselfish love just does what it needs to do. And if you're writing, ladies and gentlemen, write this down because we need to know, understand what love is. Love is selfish. Forgetting, self-forgetting. Forget about yourself. Too many people think about themselves. They're self-centered. They're, they got attitudes. They got pride. They got egos. Everything that love is not. They, they're parading themselves. They love God, but they don't love you. But a person that's loving is self-forgetting. It's not about me. It's not about what I have because I found out that when you give, God will give to you. How many of you have found out that God takes care of his own children? How many of you have found that when it seemed like you were up against a hard place, God made a way? Yeah, I just need five witnesses to say, he made a way. Yeah, when there seemed to be no way, I don't know how I was going to make ends meet, but he made a way. I've seen him do it time after time. Even after you give out of your need, you will find that God will. Yeah, he will supply. Self-forgetting, then self-sacrificing. Sacrificing your time, your talent, and your treasure. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you offer a person a ride, they say they want to ride, and you want to complain about how much they're putting you out. You know how much gas I'm using? Please don't give me a ride. These feet from, were made for walking. 
That's just what I do. I'm going to use these boots. I'm going to walk away from you. <laughs> Y'all thought I was going <laughs> to... You got to be, you got to be over 50 to know what I'm talking about. Sorry about that. I just, my age caught up with me. Self-sacrificing means that I, I, I know it's going to take a little time. I know we're going to go a little slower as we go through the store. I know that, but I've bitten off this time and I'm going to be a living sacrifice to help my brother or my sister. I need five people to say I can do that. Yeah, you can do it. You got to do it on purpose. You have to have a desire to do that. You have to have a want to to do that. Not only self-forgetting, self-sacrificing, but selfless. That's one word. I put the hyphen in there for decoration. Selfless. Selfless, which means it's not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm all about you. I want to hold the door open for you. I want to make sure that you have what you need. And we as leaders, if you're a leader, you're not there to be served, but you're there to serve. The greatest among you need to be a, lead, be a, be, be a servant. Amen. Nobody wants to talk about that. But ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite personalities in the Bible, his name was Joseph. His name was Joseph, but they surnamed him or they nicknamed him Bartimus. I thank God for Bartimus. He, he's the one who would fix a broken relationship. He knew Paul and John Mark, his cousin, were getting a, in a little scaffold, and he would go, and his the nickname was given to him, Bartimus, by the apostles. They gave him that name, and they said, we're going to name him because he's the son of encouragement, son of consolation. He's one who sees that there's a discrepancy, and he tries to go in between. There's some people that make a, a big deal. There's some people that, that make and cause division, but there are some people who are trying to bring the couples together and bring families together and bring relationships together. And we need to understand, you want to be that person on that committee that makes sure that we get God's work done and it doesn't matter if they call my name or not I want to be a Barnabas I want to be a Barnabas a person who's giving a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit a person who's filled with faith and they're able to go out and they're able to minister to those who are there not caring about what comes back and the Bible says that as he began to minister and you read about him in the book of Acts and as you read about him you'll find that many people came to the Lord because of his kindness because of his encouragement how many of you have encouraged somebody else along the way too many times we'll walk up on an individual and we're so busy talking about what our problem is and we don't have time to listen to somebody else how many of you know there's some people that's going through they have they're going through more than you going through and sometimes they just want somebody to listen how many of you know that God is given us two ears and one mouth which means that we're supposed to speak half the time and then use double time for your listening somebody just needs an ear ladies and gentlemen they don't need you to talk they need you to be self-forgetting they need you to be self-sacrificing they need you to be selfless how many of you want somebody just to talk to sometime you just want to talk you don't want a solution all you want to do is talk about it and then that you'll be all right but i thank god today that he has united us in one heart in one mind not 
only that with unselfish with our resources, but last of all, uncompromising in the proclamation of the gospel. You say, well, what does that have to do with it? Ladies and gentlemen, I can give you water. I can give you uh, 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 something to eat. I can give you clothes on your back, but you got to hear the good news. I say you got to hear the good news. We ain't doing nothing if we just just being a philanthropist, just helping folk. But we need to talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that's the only reason I'm changed? That's the only reason I'm transformed is because I heard the good news. Yeah, and it just relieved me of my burden. And the first thing you find is that the gospel has power to transform. It's a transformation that'll come on you. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm different. Yeah, I'm different than I was when I first entered. I'm different than I was. I had a fair personality, ladies and gentlemen, but I got the Lord on the inside now. And I thank God my children come, my grandchildren come by and they got these things they call transformers. They got a little transformer. It looked like a car. It looked like a car, but after you move it a little bit, arms come out. After you move it a little bit, a head come out. After you move it a little bit, a foot come out. And how many of you know that some of us have been transformed? I thank God he took those little monsters. Yeah, he took us as those little monsters, and he changed us. Yeah, the Bible said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. He said, be not, uh, he said, let be transformed in renewing of your mind. Is there anybody here that got your mind changed? Yeah, because you would be like Peter, ready to cut somebody. But I thank God today that he has transformed my mind. How many of you thank God that when you heard the good news yeah about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus your mind was transformed your lifestyle changed not only that but the power of the gospel brings us salvation how many of you know that we need to be saved? Write this down. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. It said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. I don't know about you, but when I heard the good news, I ain't ashamed of it no more. Yeah, I'll give you food. I'll give you a place to stay. I'll give you some help along the way. But you got to hear the good news. Yeah, you got to hear about the one that changed my life. Yeah, you got to hear about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I got to go, ladies and gentlemen. But the gospel has power to manifestation. Yeah, it's got power, transformation, salvation, then manifestation. Somebody say, well, what has that got to do with it? Listen, when the Spirit of God comes, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Some of you say, you lost me right there. I'm here to say that all of us here had had somebody that prayed for us, somebody that had us on their mind, somebody that took the time and prayed for us. But I see God moving. I see him moving in our midst. I see him moving in our lives. And how many of you know that what God could do in the early days, he can still do now? You, you say, I got an addiction. I got a problem. How many of you know when you turn it over to Jesus? Yeah, he'll work it all out. Anybody got something you need to turn over to him? Anybody got a problem? He turned it over. 
Yeah, because I know he can work it out. He said you can drink something in Mark chapter 16. He said you can drink something and no nothing, no harm would come to you. You can handle serpents. Nothing's going to happen to you. He said because you have the spirit of God. And I was on a trip not long ago. I thank God for the trip, but I had to pray over my food. How many of you know I had to pray over that little tuna fish sandwich? I don't know what happened in the kitchen, but I do know what's happening at the table. God, in the name of God, y'all not here. Yeah, I need him to manifest. Yeah, I need him to make a way. Yeah, I need him to keep me safe. How many of you know that God is the only one keeping you? He's the only one keeping you right now. And because he's been good to me, I'm going to share with somebody else. Sharing is caring. Somebody say, sharing is caring. Because God shared with me, and I care for you. I'm going to do something for somebody else that's less fortunate. How many of you going to be a blessing to someone else? You can't just take the blessings of God and sit down on them. You have to do something about that. If God has blessed you, you'll be a blessing. You don't save it up and put it in barns. You need to make sure if there's a family in need, if there's a person in need, that you do whatever you can. Jesus died so we could live. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I've come that you may have life. <laughs> yeah, and that more abundant than the life came through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we need to make sure that we're unified in one mind. Everybody say, I plan to be unified in my mind, in my soul, and even in my ministry. Can you say that? I plan to be unselfish. Yeah, I was, I was holding on to it. I was holding on to things, but there's somebody in need. Listen, you've never seen God move in a miraculous way till you've yielded some of your gifts and things that you're really holding on to. You'll find that God will bless you in spite of and in the midst. You'll find that he'll make sure. What we've done, and many of you don't know, we've made renovations around this place. We, we've done some changes, and we just thank God for that. I've waited over 10 years for the changes to come, but when God did it, he did it in a miraculous way. You need to understand that we're on a budget. We're on a budget that we're trying to hold money, but we had to spend money in order to make changes. We had a person on the committee who said, no, you got the money, you're going to have to go on and spend it in order for us to make the change. In order for us to get refinanced, we have to make some change and some remodel. And how many of you know that when we made those changes, the more we spent, God increased. Y'all not listening. I'm telling you. We had a budget that was way down and God has increased it. So, so we don't even miss, we don't even miss what we've spent. And we got it all done. How many of you know it's all paid for? That's because God is still manifesting himself among us. When you're obedient to what he has said, then he blesses you in the midst. How many of you are in need of a blessing this morning? I want you all to stand to your feet. I want you all to stand to your feet. My altar workers are going to come. My altar workers are going to come now. Listen, whatever your care is, whatever your need is. Whatever your need is, we're believing God.